Today's scripture reading brings us to 2 Samuel chapter 15. At this point in time, Absalom has been brought back from exile unto Jerusalem. He has been reunited with David, and now the conspiracy begins to really take root. I have this chapter broken down into four sections. The first is verses 1 through 6, and I have that titled, Absalom Seduces Israel. As you look down through here, we would see that it appears that David is ill during this time and is unable to carry out all of the judgment duties that is, uh, of course, befalls unto him being the king. And Absalom meets him at the gate, uh, those that come in from other parts of Israel, and he begins to woo them. Oh, if I were judge, I would be able to do this. And and then as people would bow to show him obeisance, he would gather them up and kiss them. And, hey, I'm just one of the guys. And, uh, and, and pay close attention to verse number six here. On this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the judge king for judgment, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And that, that word stole really jumps out to me because that's what Absalom did. He stole their hearts. He didn't earn it. He didn't work for it, but he stole it. I mean, you think about it. David fought for Israel. David won battles for Israel. David, even in this chapter, his heart is unto the people. David earned the right to be king. And here it is, Absalom. He reminds me of the Kardashians of that, that day. He is famous for being famous. He didn't do anything. He hasn't done anything other than kill his, his half-brother, right? That's the only thing he's done. Uh, he, he, he looks the part, and so he's got this celebrity-type um, nature that just exudes from him, and that is what is drawing people unto him. Stole the hearts. So we see that verses 7 through 12, I have that titled, Absalom Provokes a Conspiracy to Overthrow David. You see in verse number 7 that uh, he says, oh, let me go to Hebron to, uh, I have a vow, and, and this is a vow unto God, and he's going there to pay this vow. So he's invoking the name of the Lord in order to begin this conspiracy. And uh, then we see in verse number 12 here, he, he, he goes and he begins sending word, hey, when you hear the trump, man, uh, Absalom reigns in Hebron. But verse number 12 is kind of a, a kicker here, and that is, and Absalom sent for uh, Ahithophel, the uh, Gilanite, David's counselor from his city. Ahithophel was one of his counselors, a very wise counselor, and it, it appears that he is also uh, kind of has uh, some some stake in the in this. In that, his granddaughter was Bathsheba. This is course, David's now wife, who was married to another man who David seduced and then killed uh, her husband. So David's close friend, confidant, trusted advisor is now conspiring with 
uh, in this conspiracy to overthrow David. He, of course, has some personal reasons there. Then we see in verses 13 through, oh, 23, I think, David flees Jerusalem. And I love verse number 14. It really, again, shows the heart. And I alluded unto this a moment ago, but when you look at verse number 14, and David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not escape, uh, not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. David David had numbers. David had plenty of people. You'll see as these people, you know, 600 men just of Gath, these exiles from the Philistines were following him. David had plenty of people, but the problem was if Absalom came unto Jerusalem and tried to overthrow David by force, there was going to be a lot of bloodshed and a lot of innocent people were going to be killed. And that's not what David wanted. So therefore, David uh, escaped. He fled the city there. And uh, then I want you to see uh, Atai's devotion here. Uh, verse number 18, I, I said something a moment ago about these 600 men which came from Gath passed on before the king. These are people that are following him out of the city. He's got this great big entourage of people that are coming with David because they're loyal unto David. They love David. And some of those include 600 uh, which came to him from Gath. Those are Philistines, and the leader of which was Atai the Gittite. In verse number 19, he's, it, David says unto him, he says, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. He's saying, you don't have to do this. You, ha you really have no skin in this game. You, you don't have to come with me. And then you see his devotion unto him in verse number 20. Uh, or excuse me, verse number 21. And uh, Atai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my Lord the king liveth, surely in what place my Lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. Now, it's important to understand that this is a stranger. This is not an Israelite but uh, not by nature, but by conversion, he obviously had to be because you see his confession as the Lord liveth. He's talking about the God of Israel and as my Lord, the King liveth. So this was a, a convert, you would say, uh, and you see his great devotion. And that's what Israel was. See, back before the church, there was Israel, and Israel was to be a light to the world. God wasn't ignoring the rest of the world, but God was using Israel to reach the world, but yet they, they didn't do that, and that's one of their downfalls. They assimilated with the world instead of being a light to the world. But here we can see that there were converts from outside of Israel. And just so you know, the church is supposed to be a light to the world, but the church in today's day and age, we are assimilating to the world much like Israel did back then. And we really need to take heed because if God spared not the natural branches, he will not spare us either. Lastly, verse 24 through 37, I have that title, David sends the ark and others back to 
Jerusalem. Um, a couple things here. You know, as I was reading this and I'm looking at the latter part of this, I started thinking about, uh, I've never seen the movie, but I kind of know what it's about, that Tinker Taylor soldier spy or something like that. It's an espionage type movie. Uh, and, and that's what we see here. It's kind of this espionage theme going on with all of these, um, uh, you know, these secret covert operations and and things. But we notice that David begins to send people back unto Jerusalem, and he sends the Ark of God back unto Jerusalem. Now, he did this, I think, for these reasons. Number one, he didn't see it as a good luck charm, such as, you know, some of the Israelites before him, Eli's sons. He didn't see the Ark as a good luck charm that he, as long as he had that trinket around him, he would be okay. So he didn't need the ark because he had the Lord. Secondly, he understood that the place for the ark of God was in the center of God's people. And that's where he wanted it, was back there at Jerusalem. He understood that simple, that simple fact. But also, in by sending the ark back and the priests back, uh, Abiathar and uh, Zadok, by sending... Uh, them back that he would be able to work some of this espionage stuff out. And that's what you see in the latter part of this chapter. Uh, verse number 31, uh, it says this. Now get this, this is good. David climbs up Mount Olivet and he's weeping and he's praying and he's praising God. And someone tells him that Ahithophel is among the conspirators. And what you see in verse number 31 is essentially a prayer by David against Ahithophel. We see the prayer in verse number 31. We see the answer to that prayer immediately in verse number 32. It says, I pray thee turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And verse 32, and it came to pass when David was come to the top of the mount where he worshiped God, behold, uh, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. Now, this will be a very important person here soon. We'll see, I think, in the next chapter that uh, Hushai here would confound the words of Ahithophel. And uh, to Ahithophel's destruction, I don't know, not to spoil it or anything, but to Ahithophel's destruction and to the uh, safety of David. And so we, when you when you know what's going to happen, it's neat to see here in verses 31 and 30, uh, 30, 30, 31, 32, right there, where David prays for the count, confounding of his Ahithophel's um, counsel, and then the answer in uh, Hushai the archite coming unto him. And lastly here, we see here also shadows of Christ in that David was betrayed by one that he loves, and he's also, in verse number 25, let's back up here, he is resigned to God's will, just as, just as Christ was where? He was in the Mount of Olives, and he says, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but thine be done. In verse number 25, uh, when David tells Zadok to carry the ark back unto Jerusalem, he says, if I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his uh, habitation. 
Uh, and he says, but if he thus say, I have no delight in he, behold, here am I, let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. So David is saying here, not my will, but thine be done. You know, God will or God won't, but either way, his will be done. And then we also see where he's out at, and that is Mount Olivet there. Uh, so we just see shadows of Christ throughout the remainder of this chapter. And they set up, and just to finish out the story, the uh, priests, Abiathar and Zadok, go back to Jerusalem, and they both have sons. Those sons will be used as the messengers, and uh, Abiathar and Zadok and uh, Hushai will be um, gathering intel to send it unto David. And so that's Second Samuel chapter 15. A lot of neat stuff, a lot of neat imagery and things in this chapter. Of course, I just love the Bible. It's wonderful. All right, so that's going to do it. I hope this has been a help and blessing unto you. God bless, and Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow.